Okay, I'm here with Justin Barrett, and we've just had quite a long recording session going through both Cupid and Devil's voice performances. Uh, How do you feel it went, Justin? I think it went pretty well. It was a fun exercise, kind of playing the the contrast between the two characters. So, kind of you know deep and gravelly and rough for Cupid, and then a bit higher for uh, for the Devil. Yeah, we we kind of swept through all the way through the Cupid stuff first. Yeah, because um, I was quite confident that uh, you had the right part for that one, and then um, with a few more hours to go, um, had a go at Devil, and uh, who, in in some ways, I was a, a little bit more worried that we weren't going to get it because it's difficult to know how wimpy to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go too far with him. No, but there's some really good stuff in there, and uh, at some points we thought he was channeling Scrat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing some high cackly laughs in a few places, kind of got carried away. Yeah. So what other kinds of uh, voice work have you done before then? Um, It's been kind of sporadic here and there. I actually first started doing voiceover work, uh, trying to get a CG modeling job for a game company in Seattle. Mm -hmm. They were hiring, you know, some modelers and I applied for that. I didn't get the job because my 3D modeling is pathetic, to say the least. (laughs) But uh, they saw that I'd done, I actually posted a a quick, really cheap voiceover demo on my website just previous to uh, the application. Mm. And they heard that and said, hey, we have, you know, the audition coming up for our next game. Do you want to try out for it? I said, sure, what the heck? Mm. So I went and I got the part of a French ski instructor, <laughs> which is kind of fun because I I would just kind of hack my way through a French accent and they seemed to like it pretty well. So it worked out. Oh, pretty- do you know, the funny thing is that's the only accent I can do. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> Other than that, though, you um, are a technical director for real effects. Is that the right description? Yeah, that's correct. I'm primarily working with the animation department, so I call myself the animation TV. Mm, Cool. So how did you find out about the project then? Uh, I'd seen mention of it here and there a few places online. I can't remember exactly where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently there was a – I think we might have followed each other on Twitter at some point. There was a question that might have been posted on the Twitter feed. I think that's how I found the most recent thing where you had some questions about some of the the rigging stuff you were doing or the interfaces. I forget what that was exactly. Yeah. Um, But I popped over to the site and found, okay, I've got to register to get in there. So I went ahead and registered and and, uh, threw my name in the ring. So went from there. Cool. Uh, Have you done any of this kind of short film work before? Uh, I've done some of the student short projects. Uh, This is probably the longest piece I've done. So it's been kind of a mix. I did the one game a few years ago. I did some some, uh, home video character pieces for VeggieTales and and that kind of stuff. Mm. I did a couple characters, actually like four or five characters for a Nintendo video game commercial for the game called Boom Blocks, a bunch of animal characters. So a lot of crazy stuff. Um, Chickens and monkeys and bears and Mm. oh my. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of the whole collaborative process that we're running here then? I I know you've got a bit of an interesting insight because you obviously know a little bit about mass animation as well. Right, we've done the mass animation project at RealFX and RealFX has been uh, very big into collaboration with remote artists from around the world for years and years. when I first joined RealFX, it was uh, working remotely from New Jersey on a home video project they were working on. It's a G.I. Joe video, and uh, they hired me full-time from that. And just about every project that comes through there, we hire at least one or two remote artists. We've hired you know, a lot more for larger projects. We had, I think, 50 on OS2 we did last year. We've got another... I'm guessing 20 or 30 on open season three we're doing right now. Mm. Um, we also have some remote people working with us on uh, some Warner Brothers uh, Looney Tunes short films. So 
you know, collaborating with remote people like that has been a big part of what I've been doing for the past six years. Mm. Uh, and it works really well. You just get a nice, you get a good pipeline in place and, and structure it the right way, and it works flawlessly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's in some ways, it's what Real Effects has been doing is been inspired me to do this in the first place because it mm. was some time ago. I remember hearing a friend, uh, this was a couple of years ago, telling me about how Real Effects were going to be asking for animators to, to do stuff for open season. Or right. open season two, I think it was. Yeah. That's right, yeah. And it's like, wow, how are they going to pull that one off online, you know? And just gets the uh, cogs turning. It's like, right, okay, we can do this. And you <laughs> managed to pull it off. <laughs> yeah, it's up to that point. We've been doing it for several years. And we're continuously refining the software that we have that allows us to work with people remotely. Mm. Um, and we've literally hired people from all over the world. We have a guy from Australia who's been working with us for, you know, a good three or four years now on a number of projects. Mm. So, I mean, he's just one example. We have people, like I said, from all over the world, which is pretty cool. Are you allowed to tell us anything about the projects you're working on now? Uh, well, like I said, we're doing Open Season 3, uh, which is about halfway through animation right now. Uh, we're doing some stereoscopic short films for Warner Brothers with their classic Looney Tunes characters. So we just finished animation on the first of three shorts we're doing with Wiley e. Coyote and Roadrunner. And one of the big challenges that we had with them was really – is staying true to the character designs and the animation style. So we added a bunch of things to our animation arsenal and, our, and the, the capabilities that we have, um, like being able to do multiple limbs on the characters. It's, it's, you know, when they're doing these big, crazy, you know, frenetic movements, get like 12 arms out there or, or seven heads or whatever. Um, so stuff like that, a lot of smear frame, you know, really allow the characters to be stretched and squashed and smeared in whatever way we needed to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. It's really hard to do that stuff. I mean, you've got to be a really dedicated rigger to make that stuff work well. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a really great rigging team at Real Effects, and they've been putting in a lot of time leading up to this project. Every project we do, they've always been making improvements to the rigs and giving us greater flexibility. So uh, we just pulled out all the stops for this Warner Brothers stuff. It's really turning out well. Mm. So are you, uh, you're an animation mentor as well, aren't you? Mm-hmm. That's correct. I've been doing that for about five years. How's that going? That's working out pretty well. I'm actually going to get ready to take a little bit more of a break right now so I can uh, dedicate a little more time to voiceover work, which I've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, cool. Um, but it's pretty fun, again, working with people all over the world. I had you know students in China and Brazil and uh, you know all, all across the U.S., and it's a really you know really great system they have going there, a really great program. It kind of uh, speaks to all this online work we're doing. It's been really strange, actually, because uh, Justin and I have been sat here at opposite ends of a computer. He's in Dallas, and I'm in Austin, and I'm just sitting here looking at my edit, looping, and a voice is coming out of my computer, and I'm directing that voice. It's a very strange experience. Have you done this a lot like this, Justin? This is the first time I've tried to do remote direction, uh, other than for my, my voiceover demo reel, the commercial reel that I put together last year, had some remote direction on that. Um, this is the first kind of longer-form project that I've done uh, with this kind of remote setup through Skype, and it's, it's worked great. Yeah, fingers crossed all the files will come over okay. Yeah. To be so uh, where can people find all your work then, Justin? Uh, my animation website is at justinanimator.com, mm-hmm. J-U-S-T-I-N animator.com. And then the voiceover site is justin, the letter B, vocal, justinbvocal.com. Gotcha. Right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Started 
so as you can hear, we've been doing a lot of voice work, and uh, that really, really pushed things along, actually. I just rushed to kind of get all the voices laid down into the audio track uh, to so that I could slice up all the audio and send it out to the animators. I know that there's quite a few shots that we've gotten started already, so... Um, it was really important to make sure that the animators had all the audio. Uh, so I guess the big thing that we've actually been doing for quite a few months now is uh, kickstarting the animation process. And it's one of the reasons we haven't had a podcast for a while, because I've been so busy refining the animation pipeline. We had a few, uh, a couple of good animators that got it started and helped us debug the rigs. Rigs are almost completely there now. Um, Ishkander's done uh, lots of work to add dynamic features and extra options and things, but mostly it's kind of frills now that we're adding and refining um, the rigs a bit. But generally speaking, we've got three really good, strong rigs, plus um, all the demon hands and all that kind of stuff is working really well too. So that stuff's been coming along swimmingly well, and um, we figured out what did and didn't work for the animation pipeline. And it works pretty well. It's basically new members come along, sign up, say that they're interested in the project. I try to encourage them to introduce themselves because that tells us a bit about A, all their personal circumstances and B, um, how good they are at communicating in the first place. Then I tend to uh, check out their reel and uh, actually this is one of the things that is kind of very tricky grey area for me really is because I've done a lot of recruiting before so I I know what to look for in reels. It's easy to spot the ones that are going to be more than talented enough, but there's no guarantee they'll be good communicators or they'll be dedicated. But, you know, they kind of get, I can put them aside and say, right, that person I want to speak to. And it's easy enough to spot a few people that uh, are clearly not going to be able to help us much. And those people, I can sort of say, okay, well, there's nothing much I can offer you, but, and and I'll make some suggestions of where else they might uh, be better off going to before coming to us. The tricky area is the gray area in between. And there's a big area where you can kind of see the potential of somebody's work. And I want to be able to give every one of those people an opportunity. The snag is that uh, I don't do this full-time. This is just a part-time endeavor for me. And every single person that I take on is a certain amount of extra work for me because I have to set up all the shots. I have to walk them through the process of getting involved in the first place and teach them all these different things that are specific to our project. And uh, then when they get going on the project, we have to help them with all their technical requirements and uh, give them feedback and direction and push them all the way through. And and then at the back end of it, obviously, I'm going to have to do lots of things to take their shot and move it on after that as well. So there's a very large commitment from me and certain other key members of the team, like Ishkander, for example, that gets committed to each and every animator we take on. So we kind of have to be picky about who we're going to choose. And the best way I've been able to figure out who to be picky with is to say, right, first of all, they need to be really talented. And next, they need to prove that they're really good communicators and that they're dedicated. And people that kind of fail those two tests early on, uh, they might hear from me, but they might might drop off the radar a little bit. And so that's the vast majority of the people who, who sign up will inevitably, one way or another, drop off like that. So it kind of quickly narrows it down to the people that you really want to be talking to. These will be the ones that are the most persistent and who I've identified as having enough talent to get it, th- uh, push it through. 
Then after that is just a question of when they're available. And I make notes on who's available. And some people say, oh, I'm really interested, but I'm too busy for a month or two. And I'll scribble that down and perhaps um, bug them in a couple of months or something. And so that's generally how it works anyway. When they come in and they start saying they want a shot, that's when the ball gets rolling and I'll start introducing them to things and all that kind of stuff. And uh, once they get started, what I do is I try and get them to drop videos in. uh, It's kind of annoying, actually. It's in three different locations. We put it in our video gallery, um, a thread dedicated to that particular shot, and also on our file sharing system. The reason for those three locations, I mean, I wish I could put it all in one location to simplify it, but the Ning service uh, that we run our website through wasn't designed for this. So at the end of the day, we have to put it in three locations. And it's kind of annoying when someone doesn't put it in one of those locations because I have to chase them. And that's a very large part of my job is chasing the people that don't quite do everything right. Um, Anyway, the reason for those three locations is um, you put it in the file sharing system that we have because we just want one video in that file sharing location that I put directly into the edit. Now, the fun thing about that is that once I've put that video into the edit, it points to that file from that point onwards. And every time the animator updates that video, assuming that they do it correctly by our guidelines in the animator's handbook, um, that is automatically updated into the edit. And I can open up my edit, and most of my timeline is green, but then when a little bit goes red, I know it's because somebody's updated their play blast, and I can go in there and I can check and make sure it's still fitting in well, and if it, if it doesn't, for whatever reason, work, I can give them feedback on the spot and say, oh, right, um, that thing that you just did doesn't quite work, and it's a very quick turnaround time like that, and it saves me a lot of time pulling in, dragging in files all the time and trying to size them up and figure out where they were supposed to be and all that kind of stuff. So that's one location. Another one, the one that most people see, is the video gallery. When you plonk it in there, we get a thumbnail that appears in the video gallery and appears on our front feed and also gets pushed out to other things like the Facebook page as well. And it just tends to be the most common place that the um, average Joe goes to look at the videos. It's also one of the places where most of the team um, sort of browses around, looks at each other's shots and gives casual uh, feedback and comments. Um, but the third location that I ask people to put their videos is a dedicated thread. The reason for this is that we could put all the feedback directly on the videos, just like we used to do with the images, but by putting it into a dedicated thread, it keeps a linear history of the entire feedback between myself and the animator. So A, we don't have to repeat any technical questions to that person again, and B, we don't have to repeat any feedback that's been given. And apart from just reminding yourself what was said in the last lot of feedback and then seeing directly afterwards what the results of that feedback were, the other reason for doing it is that, as I said before, I put a lot of commitment into each shot giving people feedback. And if for whatever reason that animator becomes unavailable and can't follow through, um, perhaps they have get a new job and they, it has happened on a few occasions where they say, I've got a brand new job, it's, it's great, but I'm not going to be able to follow through and finish this shot. Can you give it to one of the other guys? It's just much easier to then hand a half-finished shot to somebody else along with a thread that's got all the feedback in it. Because if we'd had this in a, in a private chat or the feedback was scattered all over the forum, there would be no way for the second animator to get an idea of the history of this shot and what had been asked of it. Uh, Whereas if we hand it over half complete with a thread that gives all this feedback, um, the animator can 
look through the last few sets of feedback and they know exactly what has and hasn't been done and what needs to be done next and so they can carry on. So that's one of the other reasons for doing that. Uh, and that's why we have three locations where things get put. Afterwards, I'm hoping to work out some sort of uh, render pipeline because obviously at the moment everyone can put these play blasts into their showreels, um, but I know what everyone would really like is some nice rendered work to go um, with their showreels. So I, I can't be sure exactly when that's going to happen, but it's something that I'd like to start working on um, now that I've got the voices out of the way. And uh, we'll figure out some sort of way to get it rendered at this end, get some test shots done. And then I guess what will happen is that those rendered shots will either get put in, back into the animator's specific animation folder so that it goes straight back to the person who's working on it, or we may set up a dedicated delivery method to make sure that everyone gets them. Anyway, um, some of the other news that we've had lately is that um, I signed up on Twitter. I don't know, I think it's been about, about a month or something now. I've been avoiding it for ages, imagining it was going to be an awful lot of work, but actually there's uh, Twitter integration into our own Ning website now, so it's really easy to just go, oh, this is quite cool, click on it and add it to Twitter. So really, I, I'm just using Twitter like a kind of uh, highlights of the project. So whenever something really cool appears, or a new video, or a la the latest update of an animatic or something, I tend to add it to Twitter. So that's uh, Twitter slash Michael Kaywood. And that's General Drisfit. It's all come along rather well. I think at the moment we have about... I tend to say we have an average of about 25 animators, but I'm never really sure because some people go quiet for a while and other people are racing forward and you can't tell exactly, you can't quantify it quite like that really. It's not like a, a team that you pay and sit in an office every day. So um, it's difficult to say just how many people we have working on it at any given time, but it's quite a decent number. And out of the shots that have currently been assigned, I think we're about 38% away through the animation. I don't mean total for the film, I just mean out of the shots that have been assigned. And what I'm trying to do there is keep the number high, because what tends to happen is if I've got too many shots that have been assigned but are not going anywhere, that percentage gets low. And I know I need to go and start talking to people when either reassigning or finding out why they haven't um, progressed with the shot very much. So my goal is to push that uh, as high as I can get it. I mean, obviously, by the time we finish the project, we'll be getting very high because there'll be a lot of completed shots. And we already do have some almost complete shots. So quite pleased with how things are going. And I mean, you just have to look, check out the latest animatic and you can see how well it's going. If you're interested in getting involved, then the website is devilsangelsanddating.com. And oh, and one of the things that is, if anyone wants to learn more about me and the kind of work I've done, um, I've actually written quite a lot about the work, the projects I've worked on in the past on my own website, which is michaelkaywood.com. So that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-A-W-O-O-D.com. Um, that's it for now. Thanks a lot. Bye. Devil's Angel.